0: There's growth, and then there's organic growth, the way banks win customers by meeting them where they live. And paradoxical as it sounds, one crucial path to organic growth comes via digital tech. Here to share his insights and explain how it works, we have Alex Sion, Global Consumer Banking Lead for Citi's D10X program. Welcome to BAI Banking Strategies, where each week we'll focus on the key issues facing financial services leaders. We'll bring you objective opinions and actionable insights that will help you power smart decisions. I'm your host, Lou Carloso, the managing editor of BAI. Come on in. Thanks for tuning into the podcast. Wonderful to have you here with us today. And coming in from New York, we have Alex Sion. Alex is the global consumer banking lead for the D10X program, which incubates new products and businesses designed to generate new organic growth for City. Alex is also a judge for BAI's Global Innovation Awards. Alex, great to have you with us. Thank you so much. Historically, it's taken generations for consumer needs to change. Now it seems that this is happening yearly, in some cases monthly. How do you see consumer needs and expectations evolving in 2019?
1: Yeah, I think there's a couple of different drivers to this rapid change in consumer behaviors and needs that just about every industry is experiencing. Maybe the most under-appreciated is just the dramatic change of modern life, family dynamics, what a family is. There was assumptions on the structure of a nuclear family that have existed for decades. And what we know to be true today, and we have a lot of research at City, is that the traditional structure of the nuclear family just doesn't exist anymore, and it frankly hasn't existed for many years. The changing behavioral patterns, of how people spend in and around family and friends, in some ways has always been changing and pretty dynamic as the nature of family and how family structures are set up. What exacerbates that or enables it in many ways is technology itself. So because consumers have had all these changing social structures and dynamics and different ways that they interact with families and friends, They've essentially been using technology to hack around broken processes. And that can be as simple and elegant as Venmo, right? Which has taken off because it recognized that, you know, people spend money in and around friends and have to chew up restaurant bills at the end of the week. So technology has driven a lot of hacks built on top of this fundamental change in modern life that is taking place. I think the combo of the two, right, the change of modern life and social structures, then layered on top of that, the digital lifestyle and digital hacks is what a lot of people are feeling throughout hacking
0: and many other industries. It's interesting because you mentioned hacks in banking because there are hacks in podcasting too, but uh, I'm working on it. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, this brings up a crucial question. Why are banks failing to meet these needs? They see the hacks going on. They see how things are changing. You've certainly got the numbers underneath you. But as a whole, financial services organizations can do more. Absolutely. And I think at Citi, we are doing more, we're investing heavily,
1: you know, to innovate on not only these changing consumer trends, but also the enabling technologies like mobile and payments that are sort of bringing new solutions to life. I think in general, though, you can't underestimate the sort of scope and size of the change as well as how fast it's happening. And large institutions obviously have a tough time reacting, and sometimes it's complex to react to these. If I think about the banking world in specific, let's go back to what I just mentioned about modern life and changing social structures. The basic structure of banking is the core account, the joint account. As complex as it gets in terms of recognizing what a family is or how a family might operate, the joint account structure is just not sufficient for the way modern life operates. And that's a pretty rigid construct, right? The core account is fundamental to how banking works. It's fundamental to the processes that have been built to support banking. So when you take essentially the foundation that was built upon this idea of a simple joint account, and now you're layering on all of this dynamic sort of change in family structures, that's a pretty big change, right? And it requires both... (laughs) Hacks to the top of the experience, as well as kind of fundamental changes to core and underlying processes. So it is not trivial the amount of change that needs to take place. And it will take time, but it is happening in at City where we're aggressively investing.
0: And with that investment, we see distribution models also part of this major shift. How can organizations work to reach consumers through all the new models that are unfolding out there?
1: Yep. Digital and sort of online and mobile and the ability to hit customers through a seamless kind of omni-channel with a high lean towards digital relationship is kind of table stakes these days. Every bank, especially the scale banks, is increasing their investment in digital channels with this view towards a seamless omni-channel experience and making it as convenient and easy for customers as possible. I think the new and emerging frontier is really how to generate revenue, right? And kind of deepen relationships in meaningful ways through digital channels, maybe solely through digital channels. You know, banking as an industry knows how to do that through branches and traditional kind of physical infrastructure. But in the digital world, that's still very, very new. In the cards business, there's been acquisition right through digital channels and increasing across the industry for many years. But when it comes to kind of areas like basic banking and particular investments or even holistic multi-product relationships, doing that uh, through kind of heavy digital or even sometimes sole digital means from a distribution standpoint, I think that's really where the new frontier is.
0: Now, in your role as a BAI Global Innovation Awards judge, you saw a lot of people trying to be game changers. How have you seen technology shifts around the globe impact customer experience?
1: So I think everyone sees kind of the core tools. So mobile, the changes in payments, social, different kind of streams and types of data to be able to provide insight to clients, the ability to kind of deliver experiences in real time. Those are the common kind of tool sets that you see deployed against kind of this next generation of banking uh, pretty much across the board. Now, how those tools are used varies and the aggressiveness through which and sometimes the business models through which they're used. That is where there's a lot of variances that you kind of see across the board. And as a BAI innovation panel judge, definitely saw different manifestations of that depending upon region of the world. So I do think that the tool sets are the same, but the playbooks are very different. And to put a broad brush on things, I would say that in the emerging economies You see a little bit more aggressive focus on mobile and social channels as kind of primary ways in which customers would consume everyday financial services and really from a strong link to commerce point of view. Whereas in the United States, and more advanced economies, digital is still very much used as a very innovative self-service and servicing channel but not as tightly integrated into the front end kind of commerce experience as maybe in some of the emerging countries.
0: Now, based on all of this that you've just described, amazing things are in the works. Amazing things can happen. You have a front row seat. Give us a glimpse of what the road ahead looks like.
1: I think that, you know, coming from my background having started one of the early fintech players out in the space with MoveIn, and then moving from that onto the big banks, JP Morgan Chase and Now City, you know, I've seen the different perspectives of how these new digital tools and new experiences are being delivered to customers on both fronts. What I see as sort of a huge opportunity that's already expressing itself going forward is partnerships and innovation between large players and the fintechs really really beginning to take off. And in sort of the more Western and mature banking markets, the deployment of those tool sets I mentioned, you know, so mobile, next generation payments, social data in much more kind of aggressive, customer facing ways than they traditionally have been to date. I think those tool sets have been deployed largely against existing customer bases with an emphasis on convenience and service, I think you're going to see a lot more partnerships going forward, you know, between fintechs and large banks with a focus on driving revenue, really innovating in terms of the new kind of experiences and new value propositions for customers out there, really kind of, in essence, redefining, you know, what banking is and what banks can do. And in many ways, the place that banks, the space that they occupy in people's lives. So less transactional and more about helping you to build better habits, become more financially fit, and more financially well.
0: Financially fit, financially well. And in our case here over at BAI, financially fortunate to have your insights. Alex, really appreciate you being here. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. Yep, thank you so much for having me. Alex Sion is the global consumer banking lead for the D10X program at Citi. You can look for Alex on LinkedIn. And here are three key takeaways from today's podcast. Number one, with nuclear families changing in structure dramatically, spending patterns have shifted as well. Add shifts in social structure and technology, and you have a recipe for consumers hacking their way around bank processes they perceive as broken. Banks can do better, but it'll be a challenge given the size, scope, and spread of the changes. Number two. In the quest for seamless experiences, digital, online, and mobile channel excellence have become table stakes. That leads to a new frontier deepening relationships through digital channels. That used to happen in branches, but it could switch to a totally mobile and digital effort as consumers move to real-time, anytime banking. And number three. In the emerging economies of the world, mobile and social channels are becoming the primary ways that consumers access financial services. In the U.S. though, it's treated as more of a novel self-service add-on. Banks here can learn a lot from the emerging economies and take advantage of the links between technology, commerce, and banking needs, and eventually incorporate the growth of bank-led financial wellness programs. Has your organization made industry-leading strides in talent management, open banking, reg tech, connected experiences, and more? Nominations are now open for the 2019 BAI Global Innovation Awards. Visit BAI.org to learn more and submit your nomination. Welcome to Decision Time, where our podcast guest walks us through a major decision they had to make, how they made it, and how it has impacted their career. A stable, well-paying job may trump the risk of taking on a financial startup, especially when you have two kids in the balance. How to win the fight? How about a little Under Armour? Here, Alex Sion talks about how Under Armour founder Kevin Plank gave him guidance and direction when he needed it most. Listen.
1: I decided to leave my stable executive at a digital agency path and, you know, co-found the startup Movin along with Brett King. And it was essentially leaving the safety and security of a pretty stable, well-paying job and then literally kind of leaving that and then starting afresh, you know, having to raise capital and at a time when I already had two kids. Really, it was an agonizing decision, as you can imagine. And really, the comeuppance of it was one of our early investors, who was a person by the name of Kevin Plank, who was the founder of Under Armour. We had been pitching him the idea of moving, and he basically... Could tell that I personally was equivocating on, you know, making the leap into being an entrepreneur, and he challenged me with, you know, are you investing in a 401k? And I obviously said yes. And he's like, well, if this idea works, how meaningful is your 401k? And I basically thought about it and I said, well, it's not that meaningful at all because we would have created a lot of value in a business I owned. And then he basically said, well, then what are you doing <laughs> working to contribute to your 401k? And that was one of those moments that it really kind of tested my beliefs of how much do I have conviction? What that taught me is that, you know, in many ways, you got to be guided in your career by your conviction, right? Where do you think you can create the most value based upon your passion and your conviction? And if you have the confidence to do that, then these are not big risks You know, the risks are not as big as you think.
0: Thanks again for tuning into our podcast. We hope to have you back with us very soon. Be sure to check out our ever-growing archive of podcasts at BAI.org. Our producer, as always, is James Grady. Be sure to connect with me on LinkedIn. I'm Lou Carloso, the managing editor at BAI. We'll see you soon. So